This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester Come on, you foxes! How the devil are you all? 
Don't ask me. I am still fuming from last night. Um, new Christmas background, you can see. Well, I tell you what, when the opposition players play Leicester, they must think it's Christmas every bloody day of the every bloody match day because we are gifting them goals. We are gifting them points. What is happening? This is Leicester Till I Die TV. You can watch and listen to us here. <laughs> On your favourite podcast platform, or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Indeed. Well, I was there last night, and what I'm going to say to you is, I'm going to say well, I'm going to bring Dave's comment up here because Dave's comment. Good evening, David. How the devil are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. Um, and he says here, hello, Chris, hope you go. Hope the game experience for you being there was a great despite the draw. Lots to complain about on the game, but we'll get to it in time. David, I'm glad the first comment agrees with me. And yes, we are going to get to it and we're going to get it straight away with this. <laughs> This was the first game I've been to um, live, if you like. The first uh, time I've gone to a match this season because I don't live locally and and health and what have you. But like a local game for me, like a home game almost this was against Southampton. And I was sat with the away fans, but I was sat five rows from the front, almost, you know, um, between uh, inside the ball, between the, the penalty box line and the goalpost. So I had a great view of Leicester's defence in that first half. It was fucking shit, right? There's no other words about it. Brendan, you need to sort it out or you need to get out. It is as simple as that because the book stops with you. Now, I'm not expecting us this season to go and win the Premier League. I'm not. What I am asking for is an improvement on last season. You know, last season we came fifth. FA Cup we won less than, and obviously the, the English Super Cup. But let's forget about those because at the end of the day, they're cup competitions. But just let's concentrate on the league at the moment, right? We, what we achieved last season, you expect, we've got the same players. We didn't let anybody go that we didn't want to go. The only players that went were not regulars. So we've got the same team. We've got the same backroom staff in. And we, we bought, supposedly, new and better players. So should we not be getting better than last year? No, we're getting shitter. And I tell you what, even if we don't get better and accept that maybe other teams are catching us up, maybe as good as we've been for the last two seasons, were we punching over our weight? Was it the fact that other teams were absolutely awful which made us look good? Well, if they're catching us up, if they're getting better, then surely we should be at least standing still. But we're not. We're going backwards. Um, a few notes I made here. Oh, 
as I said, like I say, it's Christmas every day for the 19 other teams in the Tlemmy League. They, they play Leicester, and I think we must be coming out in Blue Santa um, uh, <laughs> outfits as our team strip. But I'm going to say one thing here. Before anybody starts having a go at me, it is okay to criticise your team. It doesn't mean you're a bad supporter. It doesn't mean you don't support your club. It doesn't mean you're a plastic fan or an armchair fan or whatever. It shows you're passionate and you care. And you want your team to do well. Like I say, I'm not expecting top four. I didn't even predict us to be back in the top four this season. But it is so completely different. What are the coaches doing? You know, they've had two full seasons and a bit, those coaches in there. And are, they, are you bothering with the defence at all? Because we can't go on this, we'll give the, the opposition team a start and then we'll get back into the game. We're not good enough to do that. Three minutes, three fucking minutes and we were 1-0 down. From a corner. Oh, who knew? But Brendan... Nothing wrong with our defensive playing. Yeah, there was there was zonal marking, zonal marking my fucking ass. Because I tell you what, there was players, Southampton players, in our penalty box at that corner that were not being picked up. Now I'm not criticising any individual player here. I will come on and criticise one in a second, but that is all about the coaching. If you can't sort it out, Brendan, or you can't, your team that specialise in the defence can't sort it out, get rid of them. Get them back in. What does, the, what does Mr Torre do? I think he's on a fucking good wage for doing sweet Fanny Adams. Because that defensive show was pathetic. And please, Brendan, stop playing it out from the back. Get out of our club if that's how you're going to move on. I am sat there. And Schmeichel's got the ball. And you could say, I've said to my son, I said, this will go to Soyuncu. This will go to uh, Castagna. Their goalkeeper, their goalkeeper, when he got the ball, kicked it upfield. Yes, okay, you've lost possession, maybe. But you lose possession in their half. That gives us a chance to get the defence back. We don't lose it just outside our penalty box. And Casper, love you to bits, but pull it. Well, you can't pull your socks up because your socks are pulled up. Mike Stout, you're a goalkeeping coach. Do your job. How long's Casper been here now? He, killed, he still can't kick the fucking ball in a straight line. Five times out of ten, it goes out. Why aren't we practicing that with him? He gets annoyed when the goalkeeper goals go in. We can see he gets annoyed. We can see he's passionate. Well, then sort that out. Get him so that the defence is right and he doesn't have to get annoyed all the bloody time. It's pathetic at the back. You know, we see, you know, there's no players moving for Casper. You know, he's being told, he's, you know, he's shouting, where am I passing it to? Because he dared kick it upfield, probably because Brendan fucking Rogers has told him not to and to fart about at the back and pass it to somebody that's got two Southampton defenders on them. I know it. I, like I say, I'm not expecting miracles. I'm not expecting us to win the league again. We're not going to win. We're not going to win the egg and spoon race this season. But it's the performances. They are just shit. And yes, you could say, well, we played better in the second half. 
Football's a 90-minute game, not a 45-minute game. And these are teams that we should be beating. No fucking wonder Chelsea stuffed us, played us off the park. You know, have you got short-term memory loss or what, Brendan? Because I'll tell you something, you can't remember how you played the last two seasons. You can't remember how you played when we played two up front with Nacho and how we were winning most of the games. Get it right or get out. I've literally had enough. 60 quid last night to go and watch that shambles. And the fact that they came better in the second half, the fact that we got two goals, I don't give a shit, we let two goals in. You can't keep on going, we're going to score three because we're letting two. I've had enough. This is Letter to Lie Die TV. It is the post Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen it's, time it's time for the main event, event of the evening. Of the evening. 60, minutes 60 minutes of football, of football fun and banter, fun and banter with, Chris with Chris and Lester Till I Die TV. TV. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble. Maybe rumble's not the word. I don't know. Um, let's say a few more hellos. We said hello to David. Um, who he's not, he wasn't too happy either. Ankit, good evening. How the devil are you, sir? Um, Rennie, hi. Oh, well, I'm not the happiest, as you can say. Ankit, uh, you're right. There is something wrong. Highly inconsistent Leicester been lately. It's been since the start of the season. And yet, I say we kept a clean sheet. I think it was 3.27 minutes of a game. Woohoo! Well done. Well done, Brendan and your defensive coaches. Three minutes of a clean sheet. It's not fucking good enough. When is Wesley Fontana and just Jake? They're not going to make any difference. I am sorry with the zonal marking and all this arsing about. Don't come to me and Rennie. I'm not going to go at you here, but it, they are not. And we actually said this at half time. There's a group of us sat there talking about it. When they come back, we are not suddenly going to become this super team. It's going to be probably after Christmas. It's going to take them four or five games to get settled in. By the time they're back, the season's over. We've won for call. Yeah? Last season, we had more injuries at the back than we did this season. We were playing Christian Fuchs, for God's sake, dragging him on in his bath chair. Even when we got um, Wes on, big Wes, he'd come on scoring own goal, but we were still winning. Oh. B fire the set peach coach. Just fire the defensive coaches. Rene says you're right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, she agrees with me. Oh, sorry, she um, he agrees with me there. Thank you, Rene. Um, David, so many questions to ask about defense. Let's start with this one. We give Evans credit for being a leader, and I rock yesterday. He was just as bad as the rest of our defensive, can't he command? Um Hassan Ali, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along. We need Tarkovsky. Uh, we need something at the back there, I'll tell you. Um, give Benkovic a shot. It can't get any worse. I'll be honest with you. It can't. I'll tell you something as well. I'll tell you this for now. We will not be signing any Southampton defenders this season. Do you know why? Because they're better than what we've got. And we only buy the shit defenders from them. I don't know what happened with this club. I don't either, but I know a man who might know what's happened with this club. Bring him in, Brad. Good evening, sir. Evening, Chris. It was nearly the next morning with that one. 
Yeah, um, well, I'm annoyed. You might be able to tell. I am not doing an really? honest day in history today because it was a game where we also let four goals in. So I'm not even going to go there with that one today. Oh, I tell yeah, you what, mate. Well, I'm, I'm going to be. Tr I'm going to try and be like that, that. That little blade that Thanos has. I'm going to try and perfectly balance everything out there as much as possible. I can drag a positive out of that uh, as best I can, anyway. I'm actually all right to to be honest with you. With given, and I agree with most of what you say, especially entirety, pretty much about our defending set pieces. It bores me to tears. Um, there was a few things um, that we can get onto later in the show that I kind of counter argue or, or make a, a case against some of the things you stated. It, it, um, if that makes sense, uh, but. Yeah, look, I don't know why people thought Southampton were a walk walkover. We all misjudged a lot this season. We misjudged Palace. We um, we've misjudged Brentford. A lot of people we didn't. Me and you didn't. But a lot of people, fair, fair enough, did judge a lot of people wrong. Right, I'm just going to say one second, Brad. I'm just going to. Uh, I've just got this uh, email through from the club. Um, I don't know if you can see it there. Does it show it? Uh, we responded no, well. No, it's it, Evans, Johnny Evans. We responded well. We shouldn't well, be responding, though, should we? we no, shouldn't we shouldn't. And, look, no. and you're saying then, a point you just put up there, you're saying like, well, we've underestimated Palace, we've underestimated Southampton. Did we underestimate Norwich? Did we underestimate Burnley? I mean... There probably this, was an air of arrogance to that yeah, with some of them players. Yeah. But surely we're sounding like, you know, and, the, and the, the utter... BS that Brendan's coming out with after games, it sounds like one of those... It sounded like Steve Bruce, to be honest with you, trying to defend the indefensible. We're sounding like we're a club that's getting relegated and Brendan's coming out, wheeling out the same, oh, you know, we, we had a better second half. It's 90 minutes game. And, and we're two points off six. Yeah, is there any Leicester fans that thought after qualifying for Europe and winning the FA Cup we should suddenly be granted and stroll right into the top four? No, no. If you no we're not know, what I was saying was not top four, but we shouldn't be any worse. If we were so, playing so, so as good as we worse. were last season, we wouldn't be two points off the top four. We'd be but, in but there. Whether we'd stay considering there or not, last obviously. Considering last season, yet again, we fell from grace from third all the way down to fifth and ended up where we were. You, you, two weeks ago, mate, we were sat in here, and correct me if I'm wrong, we were sat in here, and you was bringing up the fact we weren't too far off the table. You were talking about fans lowering their expectations. You were happy with Brendan maybe balancing it out and saying that we've overachieved to a point with what it is, and maybe this is a season we come from behind. We actually gained a useful point last night in a very, very poor, for the majority of it, performance, and we're actually now a point closer to where we were after the Watford game. So, I can see but the frustration. This isn't Chelsea or Arsenal. This is Southampton. We're making excuses for okay, bad no, results okay, against teams we should be beating. Okay, we beat Southampton 9-0. They came to the King Power and beat us 2-1. Yeah, I'm not it expecting a 9-0. I'm not expecting no, no, a nine nil. What you're expecting is because we did it once, we should always beat them there. When in that exact same season, mate, they came to the King Power and beat us two one. Like you just said, a team that beat we beat nine nil 
less than a few months later, were in red hot form and came to our ground, our ground, and beat us 2 1. Well, again, we maybe got that's a very really well that, point. Again, and, Rogers isn't very good at keeping and, us consistent and, then. And, and I ask, would you be raging so much about our back line if Vardy had tucked away his chance and that killer save from uh, uh, McCarthy didn't make it at least yes, three suits? Because I was sat behind the goal. You say yeah. a game's played over 90 minutes. Well, combined the 90 minute, mate, there was only one team that was winning that 3 2. It weren't Southampton. Southampton yes, had, had a chance to win that. that. Southampton had as good a chance, if not better, than than we had of winning that game. No. They were the better no. team. Vardy yes. puts that away yeah. 99,999 times out of 100,000. Yeah, and this was the time he didn't. You know, you can yeah, say, exactly. well, okay, so there was that. Perez, if so, he hit his shot properly, if Perez had hit his shot properly, it wouldn't have been as easy for the goalkeeper to save. If Barnes had crossed his shot instead of exactly. Tavardi, he was in open ball. space. No, football's not done with the So you're football's happy fans. then with the team. The out of it. But you're trying you're to make the point that the if team. we beat a team 9 we should always beat them. Southampton are a good team. No. Get them credit for the season. No, 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 no. no, no. Don't, don't, no. Don't, don't say that just because we beat a team 9 we should always beat them. You are happy with mediocrity following no, two I'm good seasons. Because that that's what we're dishing up. That's what we are dishing up is mediocrity with a team that we, fact, could have, yeah. we could have been, we could have been four or five down at half time. So yeah, then if so you got that goal, it wouldn't have made a goal difference. Yeah, but you know, you just said that it's not right that my point stands about saying if they'd gone in when they didn't and all this, but you've literally just made the same point and counteracted yourself because. They could have scored three or four in the first half, but they didn't. No, we could have scored three or four in the second half, but we didn't. And that's my no. point. It's very edgy things. I think what it is, and I, I'm not I'm not happy with the mediocrity style of probably 65 minutes of that game. I'll, I will totally agree with you. I'm 100% on board with the tactics and the defending point. Something needs to change drastically. What I'm saying is... Leicester have had games and games and games, and then they go and get a solid four points out of a possible six. When we've looked at other pictures previously, when we've not managed to do that against these teams, I think the overall frustration with the majority of the match performance and seeing the same defensive favourites each week is masking what was actually a decent turnaround in that second half to then come out on the team that. I genuinely feel on chances created, quality chances created, we're probably look unlucky not to come away with all three points. I think if Leicester win that, we actually talk about the defence as we have been and it's not everybody yes. suddenly thinking it's doom and gloom because we are closer. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll give you that because obviously if you come away with the three points, then obviously no. you, you, you tend to forget the bad things that you see. Yeah. And you know I, I, that that you know that 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 is a very valid point. Uh, probably, you know, for me, having been there, I say it's the first time I've seen a match that's not yeah. been on the telly this season. And you can see there's no movement from the players. They're oh. not giving Casper options. You know, you're looking at one. All I'm saying is, and we'll come on to, to the goalkeepers, you know, afterwards. But all I'm saying yeah. is, is Southampton are. We'll forget the 9-0 because the 9-0, you know, it was a one-off. It's never going to happen again or whatever. You know, we, we know that. So let's just forget that, the 9-0. I'm just, I'm just looking at the table. I mean, we are not beating teams that we should be beating. And whether we are two points off the top six or not, that, that means 
the other teams aren't playing that well. Well, I'm not bothered about that. What it means is I'm looking at we, we had the same team, the same players. The only players we got rid of were players that we wanted to get rid of. The only decent player was probably Pratt, but he wasn't in Rogers' plans. He wasn't getting the games in. Mm. And we brought players in to improve that team. And we should we've got the same coaching staff so that uh, the coaching staff that's taken us to two fifth places that kept us in the top four for 38 weeks for two seasons running and we drop out on the last week of the season and playing you know reasonable football we're not you know when is this turnaround going to happen you know we beat man united this is the start of it we beat Watford. this is the start of it no and the, the manager and the staff are doing nothing about it. It's this, I mean, three minutes, right? Three minutes, a corner. We nearly cock it up first time. It hits Michael as he's going down. It comes off his boot and actually ends up at a, <laughs> a defender that's not being marked at the back, that comes in and tucks it away. Three minutes we kept a clean sheet for. It's mediocrity. Yeah. We're, not, we're not even treading water. From last season, we're not even as good as last season. Not about improving. And I said we'd probably finish fifth or sixth or seventh. I didn't go for the top four. I can't see us finishing probably about ninth or tenth, if I'm honest with you. It's just not in. It's not. We're not. We're drowning. We're not treading water even. Yeah, but the thing is, you go to Villa Park and then you beat you beat Villa, and then all of a sudden it's oh well, we've got seven points out of a possible nine. Football's just a funny old game, mate, and. and we will touch on it later when it comes to the the, the, the segment later on in the yeah, show. Yeah. But the, the, I think I might have cracked why Leicester are being so slow and having them games against Watford. I'll be doing a, um, like I said, it'll be in the segment. I, I won't say too much about it. But I think I might crack where it's going wrong entirely for Leicester, even when they play in a system or a formation style that us as fans look at and think, that looks good. Why is it some weeks it work and some weeks it don't? And maybe where players are getting a bit of stick, but it's actually not their fault. And again, I'll try and wrap it up as quick as I can in the segment, but it will be on the tactical um, tactical segment. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is obviously frustrating. And, and when, you, when you see it every week, you can't. Mm. I, I found myself in that first half going, rolling my eyes, mate. I was just like, here we go. I could see the problem. I pointed it out every week. Clearly, Brendan's not watching the show in, in much detail over here because he's not paying attention to my tactics. <laughs> um, but it was it, it, the, the problem is everything Leicester do, they've made it that rigid and predictable that sometimes even a, a League Two side would come here and if they set up right, would, would bamboozle us for the first 20, 25 minutes because then Leicester realise, well, Brendan realises, all right, that's how Southampton's approaching the game. It's like he's guessed on a coin toss, a coin toss on how Southampton are going to turn up, and he's getting it right some weeks, but wrong the most, and and that's what's costing us. Same but with Arsenal. Is he wasn't concentrating it? too much on the opposition. Tuchel goes, "These are my best players for this game, and this is Europa, and this is cups, whatever. But for the league, this is my best formation." This is what I'm sticking out. The players I've got will fit into one formation and I will keep that formation week in, week out. I'm not bothered about you. You should be bothered about us. Again, it's different managers and different styles. It's hard to compare. Look, it works for Tuchel. 
he works through the players he's got at Chelsea. He goes elsewhere, it probably still works. But then one club he might go to, his way might not work. And then it will he, do when he gets his players in that he wants, and Brendan's been here long enough to get the players in that he wants. Yeah, but they're playing as well. And he's been letting them play for a long time. And Perez still getting game time, and it's probably because it was his first signing. He wanted him to work really well, and that's the squad. It's the only reason I can see that he's still. Tell you gets what, game I was time. actually pleased when they brought Perez on because I thought he can't be as bad as the other 10 that are still on the pitch. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, when he came on, he had the ball for about a minute and a half, there and see him again. I'm not saying he did, but that was saying... Yeah, that I know, I'm saying it. And he still does it. Even you when know, you're yeah. actually glad to see him. Even when you're actually glad to see him get on yeah. the bench and maybe just change things, you still just... Got That's how bad it's getting. That's how bad it's getting. I honestly, at, at one point, was shouting out to get the women on. I know they haven't won a game this season, but they could have played better than the men did last night. It was embarrassing. It wouldn't have been embarrassing if we'd been a Norwich or if we'd been a um, a Brentford or if we'd been a Millwall coming up to play. But it was embarrassing that this was a Leicester. This was a Leicester that has finished fifth, a Leicester that for two seasons running that can play really, really well. And we're not doing. We are absolutely... We've not kept a clean sheet since day one. You know, and okay, you were saying we, we're eighth in the table with 19 points. Yes, we are two points off um, Wolves. Arsenal are playing tonight and they're in fifth. So if they win, we suddenly go um, eight points behind fifth. Eight points. So we need to get at least a couple of wins, well, three wins to even catch them up. I couldn't see us winning against bloody Flintstones, I'll tell you. But Southampton, who are in 16th place, are only three points off us. So, you know, we're yeah. almost as close to the bottom of the table as we are to the top. And I so can't see this tell? team. Yeah. So what does that tell you, though? What does but that tell you? We're not playing very well. Well, no, no, that just... No, you're only looking at it with, with one, one narrowed vision. You've literally just said, right? And this is also... Think about what you was, said last weekend when we were in a similar position before we played Watford. We have extended our gap from the relegation zone. Southampton are above that, so I'm, I'm guessing we're like seven, eight, nine points off the relegation, if not more, right? So we've extended a gap and closed we're nine, it. We're nine points. We're nine <laughs> points, yeah. But, but because because the performance was, for the majority, was bad, and because we didn't get a win, and, and, and the point didn't, you know, was a bit of a look about it, in a sense, a lot of people are guessing the sense of thing it is, all of a sudden, when we were five points closer to relegation, but only one win away from the top five, it wasn't so bad. Now we're, even though we're two points away from top six, sorry, um, European football, because now fans are thinking, oh, we've got more chance of losing to than we have winning to, it's suddenly bad that we're six points off a team in 16. That just shows you how close the division is. For Southampton, I think, have been in the top half this season, and now the 16th. We're seeing Brighton slowly fall down the ladder from their start. This is the middle of the table where everybody's beating everybody. It actually Brad, reminds me of the bus, though, Brad. You what, mate? Maybe we should get Potter in. I, I'm no, joking no. with that one. I'm joking no, with that one. No, no, don't start me on the road. <laughs> the thing is, though, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that what you're saying is not making sense. And, you know, I love the fact that we, we, you know, we have different opinions. That's what it's all about. 
but what I'm what I'm surprised at is if you, we'd been having this conversation four seasons ago under Puel, I would have kind of got it. But we're having this conversation after two seasons when we were playing well. And we're now having this, yeah, but we're, we're only this many points off. We're only this, you know, we, we, we've only mm. scored two goals less than we've conceded. It's only, only, only. But we're not only shit, we're totally shit at the moment. Yeah, but what I would say is, go back and look at, over the last, I don't know, 20, maybe maybe you have to look over, over the literally the 20-year period here. I keep forgetting we're in 2021. Nearly 2020, scary. Mm. But go back to other teams of similar calibre to Leicester. Not now, but at that point in, in, in time when it first started. Go back to your Tottenham's first venture. Go back to your West Ham's first ventures and your Everton's first ventures. And and, and, and they're, they're probably the three mainstay teams. Even Wolves this season as well, right? I've been a team. Them four clubs that I've just named. I've had their stints to break into the top six or the top seven or whatever you want to call it now, whatever it is, right? And when they've done it, maybe not Spurs, but the rest of them have all struggled on that third season. It's like West Ham's fifth attempt at Europe, and this is the final time they've cracked it through the group stage. So is the season really as bad as it's looking? Well, yes, on the pitch. Yes, on the pitch. Yes, it is. It is really looking bad. And, you know... But in terms of what you're actually seeing, Leicester can afford to draw at Naples and get out of their group. So they've qualified from every group they've ever played in Europe when they've been in the European competition. They beat Villa and results go their way and suddenly they're six. And just trying to look at it as perspective that sometimes when it does go wrong, maybe this is just, you know, you know how you're saying maybe this is the season where Leicester... Um, kind of come from the chasing pack and, and get into Europe. Maybe it's just not happening in the glamorous way we all thought, where Leicester would suddenly surge there and and, and then stay there and, and doing it. But maybe they're just going to have to make some tactical changes. Um, but when they get it right, it's going to be something a bit more consistent because it, it, if it doesn't, then I'm all on board with everything you're saying and I will be looking at saying, yeah, okay, something doesn't need to change because whilst I can take us having that burnout season, a lot of people say happen. I mean, again, you compare it to other things like title charges or European charges. They've been burning out ever since that Champions League season. Uh, they've had a burnout since they came through the third in a two-horse race. You know, Arsenal burnt out after that invincible season. Once you do certain things and you feel like you've hit that route, you have a burnout. Unless they're uh, probably having a season where they're having a decent burnout season, if that makes sense. And I know that's still negative and still bad and we still want it to improve, but I'm just trying to put it in a comparison that maybe sees a bit of a brighter future in, in, in Leicester's rear guard because they need to make sure they do because we know we've got Liverpool, Man City, Liverpool over Christmas. So it's vital that that is the case with Leicester. Yeah, I just... I, I just think we, we we are kind of making excuses for why we are doing well. I mean, a few more comments here. Um, you know, BCOM, the word is out we can't defend set pieces. 100%. You know, Southampton knew how to play us. Uh, do you think Casper is letting them down at all a bit? 
for the first time last night, and I love Casper to bits, I was actually annoyed at him, but I have to accept that he's probably doing what he's being told to do. And when he has to shout at a defender because Thomas was stood in the box and then, I don't know, three, four foot behind him is a Southampton player, totally unmarked. And this was at a corner. Why isn't he? He cannot leave an opposing player unmarked in your own box. Zonal marking, Brendan, it doesn't work. Because if it was working, we wouldn't have only one clean sheet this system. Rip it up, rip it up, put it in the bin and start it again. Schoolboy defending, says Facebook user. You know what? No, schoolboy defending would be better than that. Because the coaches would have them marking people. The coach would have them going in on people. No, so it's worse than schoolboy defending. Rene goes really fast. says, I really want Rogers out soon. The funny thing is, I was talking to, you know, Doug, um, the Liverpool fan. Yes, and he, yes. Yeah, he has his own channel. And he said, it's Rogers' third season burnout. This is what happened at Liverpool. He got to his third season. Again, third season burnout. So the, the statement yeah. stands that it's something but that we, happened. Yeah, so maybe we should cut our losses and, you know, go. Claudio was the same. If that's the case, then you might as well just hire a manager on a three-year deal and then oh. or a two-year deal. And this is what they do in Italy. Um, this is why Watford do it. Because Claudio said when he came to Watford and he was asked, is he worried about losing his job, but, you know, quite quickly. And he said, but how Italians do it. Fabrizio was said, they, they take a manager on, get him to do two good seasons, get rid of him, bring another manager in. We might not agree with it. It works for Chelsea. I mean, you know, how long has their longest manager been there? Yeah. <laughs> two the, seasons? The, the, yeah, but the, the, the problem is, is, and I don't know all the politics or all the financial states between the no. English Premier League and the Italian League. I'm guessing it's vastly superior over here than it is over there. And I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to get a lot of wealth from it all, but I, I can't imagine just we know the financial state of the Premier League, it's abysmal. And the problem is, are you going to turn around to, say, a Pep Guardiola or a Jurgen Klopp, who are managers that are proving you can do it for more than three seasons, are you suddenly going to say to them, well, thanks for winning everything, but just in case you don't win us something next year, we're going to get rid of you. That, that, no. That's where I have the problem with it. Because then... A, it's all right in the Italian game, but the Italian game is a lot of home, a lot more rooted to its grounds with the managers there and, and, and how they do things. Most teams don't go off the stray path with how they like to play football either. The managers in there don't do much too different. It's very versatile in England. You sack a manager after two years, no player's going to want to come to you. You're going to be stuck with a team. Well, you very, say very that. Team. You say that. And I, I used to think that. But, you know, hang on a second. Mourinho need never work again with the, with the money he's, he's earned from sackings. He could be a, um, a, a, he could own a football club. You know, if that was the case, yeah. nobody would be going to Chelsea. Nobody would be going but to Watford. Managers go it, in now, they get these contracts. And they know that if it fails, <laughs> it fails. I walk off with three million. Thank you very much. But, but, yeah, but yet again, would, would, 
would I be right in saying that Jose Mourinho's reigns were three seasons and no more? Probably. Because he, you know, but then... Oh, I'm, but then ju I'm just saying, though, you might be bringing out these points and very valid with them, but they're also backing up the fact that there is definitely such a psychology between, in managers that I think makes them hit the panic button. And I think what it does is they go, OK, what have I, what have I achieved here? Right, I've brought good players. I've brought... And I'm just doing it on a less perspective. I've brought European football. I haven't quite managed Champions League football. Um, but I've brought a trophy, two trophies to the club. Done really well. Where do I need to improve? Could get top four, that'd be improvement. Uh, what 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 we struggled with? We burn out near the end of the season. We burn out here. Maybe I need to do something tactically and change it. Maybe I need to. And I think every manager does that because I think, and I'm going to stick with Jose on this. He made a lot of changes to his teams constantly after it. I don't. I can't remember if that was injury reasons or it was just the third out season is a very good psychology. It's, well, it's a horrible psychology for a manager because you get to that point where it's kind of like playing a career mode on a manager. You get all these things to do by 2025 and you do them all by 2023 the game's only going to get harder and that applies to real life the game's only going to get harder you do all them things that they've got on doing that's why you get the new three-year deal but then you're also that new three-year deal says we want Champions League football mate or yeah we like these trophies keep coming in bring, bring bring them in and then the pressure gets harder and I think unless you've got a team suited and booted like Man City were and like Liverpool have become over the last five to six seasons and Chelsea I would give Chelsea that especially with the right manager in charge as well as obviously plays a part in it I just don't know I don't know what, what the expectation is to do because that's what you've got to do as a manager and I feel like every manager to a point fails with it even Manchester United because Jose did it again with Man U didn't he won them something, they hadn't won anything for years, and the next season was a bit of, that third season was a bit, quite a bit of a disaster, or the season after was, you know, and it, and, it, and that's it, it all went peak time and he was out of a job, so it's not just Brendan that suffers with it, all these managers seem to suffer with it, and quality managers have suffered with it, clearly. No, you know you make some, you make some valid points there. Uh, David says at some point we need Casper to do more than pull off great saves, pass the damn ball properly, and command your penalty area. Do you know what I can say? I was watching him yesterday. I'll let you come in in a second, Brad. <laughs> I was watching him yesterday, and the, the only thing I said the only things I can complain about, apart from his kicking out, and we should have seen some improvement on that by now, but he is still kicking off of his balls out into the opposing half. But at least then, if we lose the ball, we've lost it in their half and it gives the players time to get back. The rest of it isn't Casper. The rest of it is being what is what he's being told to do. You know, it's not uh -huh. his fault that he's passing it to players, you know, Soyun Chu. I mean, you know, from from the first minute to the 90th minute, Casper was in goal, Soyun Chu there, Castagna Evans there. You know we've got a kick, it's going to go there. And Southampton just come forward and just wait for it. Um, so I don't think it's totally... Cal what Casper needs to do is to go and knock on the manager's door and go, Brendan, I'm your goalkeeper, I'm your captain. Let me tell you that this is not working. 
But Gon, you were you wanted to say, Brad, about this? Obviously, being yeah, part of the goalkeeping fraternity. Yeah, I'm I'm the chief and commander and founder of the goalkeepers committee. Correct there. Um, No, I I do feel first of all I feel tremendously sorry for Casper for their first goal because he saves it. He shouldn't have had to make the save in the first place, and it scoops off his leg into a free seven. I mean, going to about it, but the the simple solution to Casper Michael, I believe, I've actually said on here either on this one of these post-match shows or on a show that we, me and you have been on um, together. There's, there's lots. I'm going to check them out, people. Um, but I'm pretty sure I said the one thing is, get if Casper cannot kick that ball in the direction that, which is clear, spread to the wings, right, then get Johnny Evans to do it. Or get Sionchi to do it. Work a centre back to get them to do it. Because it used to be a thing. There's nothing wrong with it. I've had to do no, it. No, you're right. Yeah, totally right. I, I tell you what he can do. He can pass it sideways out to his defence, off his feet or out of his hands, and he can kick it straight down the middle because he's got a few assists, hasn't he? When he kicked it long before to Barney. Mm. Now, if we don't want to play out the middle, out from the back, Casper's got to kick it long because he cannot do a half float, half power kick out left and right. it's an impressive kick to pick off and get it dead perfect because it makes it a hell of a job to keep the ball in play for a winger, I can tell you that much. So if he wants someone that can distribute it that way and get it in the way that they want it to, give the job to Evans. Let him take the goal kicks. Let him take the goal kicks. It doesn't matter then because Casper can't get involved. He's going to launch it long. Or Evans is going to play it out wide. So mix it up if you have to, so it's not always relevant. But if you're going to genuinely send it long, put it on the six-yard box. Go on, Evans, send it up if we can. Or, well, out wide, send it to me. Yeah. yeah. That's an option. No, no, no. I, I, the middle you used the to goal. always see it, didn't you? You know, because not every goalkeeper can do every single thing themselves. And the fact that, you know, he, um, you know, these goalkeepers didn't necessarily have the, the best kick on them. Yes, defenders were used. Um, it, it, it is a very, very good point. Um, so, no, but as I say, a lot of what I blame Casper for is because he's being told what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you he know, is. Um, uh, it, it's Mike Stowell, um, who's, who, his main job, as well as coaching, is to be telling the outfield players what to do when they come on. Somebody tell me what Mr. Torre, and I, and I say Mr. Torre because I always get the wrong one, <laughs> Yo-Yo or Colo. Uh, it's Colo we've got, isn't it? Yeah, it's Colo Torres. Colo, yeah. I'm always scared of getting the wrong one. Somebody please answers on a postcode, postcode, postcard. That, ask your mum. Answers on a postcard. Tell me what Colo Torre is doing at our club apart from impersonating Dick Turpin. Because he's getting a fucking good wage for doing you, shit all. No, i tell you what he's doing. Exactly what Brendan's asking him to. He's asking them lads to work on zonal marking. It's something that I've rarely seen Leicester play up until Brendan came to the club. Colo has been told, right, boss, I think we should... It doesn't matter if Colo sat and on a gaffer. I think we should play like this. But I don't think this is working. Maybe Brendan's taking it on board. Because sometimes the zonal is done with man marking. It's a bit weird. And sometimes I'm like, what they're doing? Have they changed it? I can't figure it out. Yeah, no, I agree. This is what I don't. This is what I don't like, and it, because the same sort of things happened at Manchester United, with their, a lot of their fans questioning their 
staff. And we've seen the, you know, the, the old expression, no smoke about fire. We've seen reports that Ollie was offered a chance to just clear his backroom staff out and sort it out and maybe have kept his job. He was, you know, there was reports that players didn't like their backroom staff. Mm. Now, now, at the moment, there's no smoke at Leicester, so I can't say that that's the issue. What I can say is the issue is, and this is why I would say I'm not like full right in Brendan Offers. He's not mistaken for this because clearly is. He's, he's, he's the one that needs to make changes. But I think Koro Tori has gone, all right, I've tried to say it to him. He's not listening. Or maybe he agrees with him. Maybe he thinks these lads can play this way and he's not, but he's gone, that's what I want to work with. Right, you, 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 go with Colo, defensive shooters. They know what they're working on, but they just can't do it. They're not the style of players for them. No, you're right. I mean, I can say, whichever way you look at it, the book will stop with Brendan Rodgers. And, you know, and it has he, to. He, it's it has to, of course. It's what he gets paid the big books. Well, he's the fourth highest paid manager in, in, the, in the Premier League, allegedly. Well, if you're the fourth highest paid manager, Brendan, why aren't we sat in fourth? This was the team, Brad, and I must admit, when I saw that, I thought, yep, that's a damn good team. It did well for us against um, uh, uh, against uh, Watford in the snow. But i tell you something. You know what they always used to say about Lampard and Gerrard? Yeah. I think it's the same with Ndidi and Sumari. I don't think they can play together. Because when Dewsbury Hall came on, we suddenly became a lot more attacking. Now, that coincided with the, maybe the better second half. But you know, I just don't think I think they're too too similar. Now you know, um, I, I I just maybe maybe with Aston Villa, KDH should be getting his start. They can and they can't, and I don't want to really sort of. That's just giving me an idea, and I'm not sure if I want to really touch too much on it for for, for later on in the show, but I. I do get that. I think more consistently they don't get on, but at the moment we haven't got a Yuri Tillman, so it, it is what it is. Are there we is a challenge. No, we're not. But for what we're expecting from Bakore in the second half, we have got a KD, uh, KDH uh, for, and that for me. Well, again, I'll go more in details in, into it, but. They don't seem to work, but honestly, they can work together because we've seen them do some impressive performances. And again, I don't really, I can't really answer the question properly for you, Chris, but I can later on in the show when it comes. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what. As, 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 you, as you mentioned it, why don't we do it now? All right, then, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I've got it in Brilliant. Here. I've got it in there. Is, that, it is that time of the show ladies and gentlemen when brad gets his bits out for the show and uh, puts them on display yeah here we go let's just uh get his um i don't know i see i did have some music for you brad here we go this is it See, I can never, ever the professional me, always lined up. Thanks for that introduction, Chris. Uh, so, obviously, we're going to talk about the Southampton game. Welcome to you, the, the listening on the podcast uh, version. As always, I'll try and be as descriptive 
as possible so you guys can visualize it as best as, as you can. So first of all, I'm going to do show something a bit different to what I normally do. So I hope people um, tell me what you think in the comments if you like this or if me just do a formation lineup and talk about it that way. I'm going to discuss the elephant in the room, which is the Leicester press. And mainly I'm going to start with the first half. Now, to make it a bit easier for you people, I have ordered a, some, a pack of blue. So all these won't be confusing people with the colours that they are. But these are red. They might look orange, but they, I assure you they're red. So this is Southampton, this is Leicester. What went wrong in the first half of the Leicester press? Well, the problem is, and um, we'll play a game of spot the difference later on. The problem is, is Southampton pressed a very high line. And in regards to why, uh, why Samore and indeed don't work, is they sit in between the gaps of the three pressing Southampton um, attack, which pressed our back line well, which, which curved into a three, depending on which side Leicester were trying to go down whether it was the right with Castagne and whether it's the left and with um, Luke Thomas. They sat in between their gaps. If you can imagine a three-man um, defensive line being pressed by a three-man attack line and where the gaps would be, they sat just behind the gap, sort of anticipating a cut-through pass. Um, and the problem also was that, was that meant that up here, in our half, was Adam Ona Luckman and that Harvey Barnes, James Madison and you then had Vardy left on his on his front and you're thinking oh where are the wing backs well I get that because obviously one of them is already in here and the other two centre backs are there which meant that if Leicester were attacking down this way that the left back or right back subsequently had to then make that a, a, an almost defensive front line of four just sat in front of the attack line of Southampton but what happened is, is because they pressed so well, that forced that forced the likes of Samore and Ndidi to push in between them gaps instead of sitting behind them to come and collect the ball, which meant that Castagne would have to chase back and, and likewise, uh, so would Luke Thomas, to try and make sure they gave an easier option for them to play it out wide on, onto the wings to break up some space. And then what that did is, because it's taken so long, is the likes of Harvey Barnes, and Lutman were found wanting the ball, so came to trap back into their own half. But then what that meant is, is that even if Leicester did break away in this sort of inside the just inside their own half, or started to try and break down the wings in, in their own half, there was a massive open gap between it, and it's literally between the Southampton attack and where Madison, who would have still been in our own half, is. So from our edge of our own box, between there and Inside the inside halfway inside Southampton's half, there was probably a 40 yard gap where no blue shirt was available in an attacking sense. They were all back defending. So where did where 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 did that improve in the second half? Well, it improved quite quick, uh, quite easily. One change that I did just mention there at half time, and I'll show you in a in a second why um, Indeedy and Samore do work, but don't work in this case. I'll just. Uh, quickly get to the tactic point though. so the biggest change was and it was a system change and i'm sorry to confuse you with colors but i will name the players as i put them on indeed he still sat in front of the defense but pierre and jewsbury hall and madison will play there and then leicester played a back four so i'll get rid of the press so you can see sorry southampton off you go so leicester played with a back four um i can't be asked to pull a different with that 
But then they obviously played with the three up front in a 4-3-3. Instead of playing how they did in the first half, so I can show it tactically more visually for you, they basically played like that with uh, an inward press three in the, three the defence to try and push out. Um, and basically, when Leicester went to this formation with Kieran Juice Hall and Madison, it instantly created space for Leicester so that even when they were caught, still trying to play that three-man defence with a pushing right back or left back slotting into that gap, they had an outlet and then they had a further outlet. And that's exactly what they were able to create against Watford. So where is the problem? So where did the problem? Why did Leicester dramatically improve and suddenly start getting bodies forward and suddenly start breaking with a bit more pace more regularly? While still on occasion suffering to clear the ball out quickly and move forward, um, which drove everybody potty uh, at stages, but they did it more frequently. So what's the difference? Why did Samore and Didi, and why are they so pivotal to where it's all going wrong for Leicester? Well, here's the thing. This is what the... I'm going to sod him off there. This is Leicester. When Leicester tried the three-man press against Watford, first of all, they did it about five yards further up the pitch and were probably about five yards in front of the of the edge of the penalty box. Watford pressed, but they pressed, pressed cautiously, probably left about a five, five to seven yard gap between them. So they were closer to the halfway line than, than they were closer to the Leicester players which then allowed Leicester, with Ndidi and Samore, and I'm just picking two random colours, Ndidi and Samore were able to squeeze into them gaps, but were receiving the ball at a higher rate, so it didn't actually matter that Madison was there and, 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 and the front three were, were, were up front, because it didn't matter that they were at the high line, but because Leicester had taken that step to come three yards forward, five, well, five yards forward than their, their defensive line, they were five yards forward throughout the pitch and five yards better in covering in the gap. So why didn't it work with that? Well, exactly what I just said. That was Watford's press. That was Southampton's press. Southampton were right up as, as close as they would dare to get without being cautious of getting done on the turn. Exactly like that. If they press, they press just enough to not be too tight to get done on the turn for Leicester to break. And the reason for that is, with Samori and Didi, you essentially play two central defensive-minded midfielders. And when you do that, you leave a gap between, if this is the edge of the box, that's the broken halfway line. That's halfway inside Southampton's half. And that's their box. You're leaving a gap of probably a good 45 yards for Southampton or wherever you play to cover because Leicester have nobody there. And that is what Leicester need to change. If they're going to go defensive or do it in a way that a team isn't going to press as life Southampton did, then Leicester can afford to have Ndidi and Samore on the pitch playing that role. And then having Madison as the exposure. Um, but if teams are going to press like Southampton, then it instantly needs to change. And this is where Brendan Rodgers has maybe got to be a bit more braver. Because as much as he likes Samore and it's his money, it's his investment, it's the player that he brought in, maybe he just has to take some opponents are going to come more aggressive at Leicester. Instead of playing a defensive 4-3-3, play this attacking 4-3-3. You can even try Samore in that attacking role. I'd be more up for it because apparently he is an attacking player. But do not have a player so close to Ndidi because that is Ndidi's downfall. 
The one thing that happens to Ndidi when he seems to have a chowdhury or a Samore near him is he just finds himself thinking, hey, you're not that defensive-minded, mate, and I can sort of play this position. And lo and behold, Ndidi gives a handball or a penalty or a free kick edge the box away. And it's he seems to want to have an individual role here. He seems to flourish in an individual role. So either put Samore up or get um, Kieran Dewsby Hall there, and you'll still be able to have a defensive mind if they press but you also have a fresher outlet knowing that Leicester could essentially end up attacking like this if they're leaving bigger gaps which is where the ball goes forward to Samore he makes the run and then Madison becomes makes it a four-man attack essentially going up alongside Jamie Vardy, Harvey Barnes and Adam Owen Luckman and that Chris is really how Leicester's press is being unraveled by its own team selection. And then that's that's pretty much it. Mate, that's that's how I've summed up what's going wrong. And very well summed up as well, if I may say so, sir. Thank you. I thought you're gonna be I thought you were just gonna say and welcome to the Leicester Press, the Leicester Mercury. Thank you. Good night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brad said uh, Rennie says Brad is good at the Leicester Press. I don't know about this one though, Rennie. You go Chris in and Brad in and Rogers out and Golo out. No, I tell oh, you well, what, Brad, I don't... we've seen each other enough. Mark while Brad knows what he's talking about, I don't, so I'll, I'll let Brad do it on his own. Uh, here we go then. Leicester City have scored. I mean, that was brilliant, Brad. Thank you very much for that, as always. That no, was excellent. Yes, uh, Leicester City have scored and conceded in 14 consecutive away Premier League games, stretching back to a 2-1 win at Aston Villa in February. It is a joint record in Premier League history, along with a 14-game yeah, run for Blackburn Rovers in 2011-12. Another particular thing that we don't uh, we don't want. Brendan Rodgers has also uh, he managed Liverpool for 122 games. Oh, it's coming up close. Um, last night was his 100th game and he's only the ninth manager in Premier League history to manage 100 plus games for more than one club uh, wow. Crom says hi you two for Sky Sports if they were going to pay us I think we'd both go and yeah, do it wouldn't we Brad yes um, Brad says Brookline and good evening Brookline how the devil are you do you think indeed he has the skill to play that central pivot Great at making tackles, but not so good at breaking the press. Um, see, he can be good at it though, especially if he knows in his eye line he's got a very quick out route towards he can do. Because indeed, he does like to get himself, uh, in you know, in he, he gets himself in front of a player, he, he's quick to the ball. And if he can break that up the way he does do when he's stood on his own. You know, sometimes individual brilliance only comes by literally being an individual. I don't mean like he's going to be mortgage or anything. What I mean is he's so cautious of having to work along, not work along with someone, but also be cautious and aware that he's got a teammate very close playing the same position to him, that it kind of brings him into a defensive shell. When he's on his own in that pivot, he's a different defender altogether. We see the Indeedy that has the highest tackles, the highest interception, and a good counter-attacking pass rate. Um, 
he's just got to be given that freedom more. And I, you know, we keep hearing, and Chris, you've brought it up several times. That's why I made sure I brought it up there. We keep hearing that Samore is, has the ability to play more of an attacking role. We've seen him at the bar. He yeah. Can, yeah. We can certainly hit a shot by the looks of things. So that's why I suggested maybe put him in that role because you can literally make it a, a dead arrowed line and have, indeed, he given it to Samori, who then goes up and joins mm. Madison or whoever, and it works differently. David says there he totally understands what you're saying. Um it had to happen one oh. week, David. There you go, David. You got it. You got it. I helped. Sumari no, was our... No, no, I agree. I agree. Sumari was the worst player, according to the fans on the BBC website. Uh, close second was Luckman, which Dorco... Good evening, Dorco. How are you? Uh, Luckman is no better than Demari Gray. Uh, get out. Play, you know. Get out. <laughs> but get out. I would, I would agree with you there. Uh, I, I think he is better than Damari Gray. Don't tell me he scored last night. Yes, he did. And he used to score occasionally for Leicester, sort of one in 20 or something. You know, it's a, I think it's the first time he scored since the beginning of the season. But, yeah, but no, Luckman is, 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 is better than Gray. The thing is, people, people will say that. How many chances did Vardy have in that first half? How many chances did Harvey Barnes have in that first half? How many chances... Did Lutman having that first half? Why is it suddenly he's only having a bad first half when he actually initially started the goal? And indeed, he put it what half a half a yard to the left of the goalkeeper a bit more. He'd have got the assist. It was a he, he played vital in the goal. So yeah. actually, the bright spark of Leicester's first thirty-five minutes, and Lutman probably played a key part in it. So let's not get on the kid's back. He's not. He's you know we go we sit here and go, but I didn't even get the service. Well, how about the people get the service and the people who've got applying the service? Yeah. Like I literally just said, Darko, honestly, I don't know if you missed it, maybe you did. Go and look back at what I've literally just done where I said the reason Leicester struggled is because they were essentially playing as left left and right backs. Yeah. Both Barnes and Lutman were found in our own half. I think as well... Uh, you know the, the fans around me were saying, like, you know, get Dakar on, get Dakar on. Thing is, Vardy didn't have the best game, but then he wasn't getting the service. And if you take Vardy mm. off and put Dakar on, you you're just not changing anything because Dakar's not going to get the service. And in fair, in fair, Lookman got taken off on the 61st minute for um, the perfect Perez, and. I've got to be totally honest with you. If he hadn't got taken off at that point, he would have been sent off. You know, I think I think the like the referee yeah. had a, a nod to Brendan going, that was his last one. Because he he'd, he was no, on the no. yellow and he'd got a couple in there. Um and there's a there's a few players out there, Dewsby Hall, um, towards the end got 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 a booking as well. And I'm surprised that he, he that could have been a sending off he pulled away, pulled him back, but he took one for the team, as they say. Uh, Brookline, if we take the Chelsea model, we play Tillemans behind, as in Jorginho, and let Ndidi play box to box. Brad, what do you think? I don't, don't, maybe, it's just definitely we cannot play two, two players at central defensive midfield because it doesn't matter how you line it up. It was clear to obvious to me, which is why I tried to do it the way I did today, that Leicester have a defensive 4-3-3 and an attacking 4-3-3 and they 
kind of gamble on what's going to happen. And I, I'm, I am definitely still in agreement with you on the fact that I think Brendan should keep to that 4-3-3 attacking structure, if I'm honest. Right. D- David, come, David come back here and says, Luckman is not what we need. Did you see anything threatening from him? If he was only for if it was only for his speed. Sorry, I'm willing to give credit, but he isn't what we need. He has no bottle when tackled, period. No, he's definitely not a finished article. And he definitely does have some things on his game that he needs to work on. But I have and I agree. He was probably a walking red card um, at points. His head had clearly gone. He was clearly, because of his own performance, he knew he'd had enough game. And I, I, I'm not trying to say that he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have any worse game than anybody else mm-hmm. up until that point. You know, he, like I said, he's a right winger. He should not be playing 45 minutes as a right wing back. That's not his role. And people make defences for Perez. Oh, he's not a right winger. It's not his natural position. He's played where Madison is. And when he gets some chances, he doesn't always really take them, though, does he? So I'm going to use it now. He's not a right wing back. Mm. He's a right winger. And an inverted one at that, because his performance against Watford and the way he gets on the front foot for us is vital, mate. It's, it's re- yeah. You know, you take him as he is, and on his day, he's a really good player. No, I, I, I would have him, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I would have him, you know, over under, if that makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Un, <laughs> un, quick, under and quick, Gazelle combined couldn't get in the yeah. head of him. A uh, quick word from My Brendan. answer is I don't have the first damn clue. I shouldn't have to keep playing that every week. Brad, we're going to have a look in a second at the man of the match and the ratings and see what you think uh, straight back after this. First of two shows tomorrow, um, 7 o'clock, Aston Villa preview uh, with myself and Craig. And then Brad's back along with ex-player Steve Linex tomorrow night at 9 for the prediction show. It was going to be tonight, but to be honest with you, we'll, we'll be predicting me while there's still games going on. And um, I, 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 that, that would have thrown us off. Um, it was interesting to see what um, Alan came up with yesterday because he was at the match and I was at the match uh, and he sent me the text as we were driving home saying this is what I've, I've chosen this is what I've chosen and the ratings what are your thoughts and I've got to be totally honest with you I probably wouldn't have been well I agreed 100% with man of the match and I probably wouldn't have been a thousand miles off his ratings either um he went for James Madison as his man of the match and uh, for me Yes, definitely with probably with KDH a, a, a close second, but James Madison for me, man of the match. Seven for the manager, six for the team. As we always say on these things, Brad, you know, if it's a six, it can be a seven. If it's a seven, it can be a six. So I'd I'd, I'd probably have to say, having been there, I, I, I would agree with him. Yeah, well, considering 
everything that was said about the first 10-15 minutes of the show, agreeing with a 7 with the manager, Chris, I was expecting to say it was a 4. No, 7 as the manager for, you know, he made the changes at half-time. No, I get you, mate, yeah. He didn't. He didn't leave it until sort of the seventieth minute. You know, he he made those changes, and you know we, we've often seen with Brendan, he hasn't made the changes when they've needed to be done. But he did. He took Samari off. He brought Kieran Dewsbury Hall on. Um, the the starting lineup, I, I wasn't. I wouldn't have disagreed with on that one match. But what you know, yeah. the point I was making at the start was. The bad things about it are the same bad things that we're having to talk about every week, you know. But, um, oh, yeah, you know, but I that, that. That, on that, yeah. Uh, just a few more comments just to, to, to go out on here. Um, da -da -da -da. Uh, where are we? Um, Davis says, Kieran Dewsbury Hall and Perez played better than Luckman. I don't think Perez did when he came on, to be honest with you. Yeah, Perez uh, was nine votes of one. Uh, yeah. I can agree with Dewsbury Hall, who was quite ferocious for about 20-odd minutes. But again, he Leicester sort of petered out themselves throughout the game, so yeah. he vanished again. So Don't want to pile on, but whilst the shows, whilst he shows more than under did... That's a very low bar to cross. Well, fair, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair point. We'll give you that one. Rene, man of the match. Um, Madders, uh, agreed with you there. Um, Brookline, shot claim from the USA. Perez has been our most consistent player this year. Not saying the best player, but he's played well every game, except for yeah, the red card. I think, I, think, I think Brad, sort of at that point, just fallen on the floor. <laughs> Um, oh, the whiteboard again, mate. You know, it's like Madison, best I've seen him play in a three game stretch. I'd agree with that. Perez put Barnes through on goal. That's why I missed it. Yes. <laughs> and then, but Perez missed one himself very easy. Do you know what? You know, he, he didn't have a bad game, Perez. No, he didn't. He came on for Lockman. And it's probably a change that might not have happened had Luckman not been on the point of the ref saying one more and he's off. You know? oh. <laughs> and uh, you know, you saw the ref gesture over to over to um, to Brendan, and uh, we all went, "Yeah, it's probably not a bad thing." Um, I was kind of surprised that Barnes being taken off because I thought he was one of our better players. Um, he looked nasty, though. It, yes, he did, and that was probably. And Daka came on, and my God, you think he looks quick on the TV? You should see him in real life. I mean, I, I was that. I was where I was sat as he was coming down the right wing. He was coming right towards me, and I honestly, it was like watching a three D film. I thought he was actually going to run into me on the uh, uh, yeah. um, in, in in the crowd. And when he said, "How did Vardy miss open goal?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he went back. He went back yeah. too much. Yes, it, 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 on another day that would have gone in, you know what I mean. So, uh, but there we go. Um, Brad, as always, thank you very much, young man. No worries, it's been a pleasure, mate. It was a good one to review. As always, I think you're gonna, I think your reviews are you, you don't think it's gonna be a bad game for you to review this season, no. the way things are going, <laughs> you know. No, that's it now. Now you've chewed it, we'll draw nil nil with Phil, and it'll be the most boring game ever, and I won't have anything to do. No, I mean, just looking at, I mean, to me, 
December here is, is this is we always say this is a season defining match. This is a season defining month. But I, I think for us this season, this next month will. I think when we come out in January, we'll kind of say, yeah, we've we've still got a chance to to you know attack the top six, or it's going to be mid table mediocrity. We've obviously got Villa tomorrow or uh, on uh, sorry on Sunday. It's a live on TV match. Um, yeah, they lost yesterday to Man City, but they're doing all right under Gerard. Next Thursday, make sure you've got clean underpants spare because we've got Napoli away. And uh, that is going to be a bottom-clenching one. And then we've got Newcastle, Spurs, Everton, Man City and Liverpool. We've got Liverpool twice. We've got them in the Caribou Cup. That is not an easy December, Brad, is it? What? what it, just, just out of interest, I'm going to pick just that one European game in there. What what's the stipulations for Leicester and that? Do you know just quickly? I mean, I'm guessing it'd be. I mean, we know the fixtures, obviously. It's us versus Napoli yeah. and. and, and uh, yeah, and, and I know what you're saying. I'm just going to have a look now and see um, quickly while you're talking. Well, I'm just talking. Just just give us a, your overall view of the month. Oh, I mean, it's always a difficult month. I, I actually think. In a way, it all depends how the fixtures fall. I'm not saying it's a fix at all, but this is the third season of Leicester go Liverpool, Man City, Liverpool. Not fixed at all, but um, this is this is the this is where you really put your work into practice because all these games are going to come thick and fast. You're losing players because of the African Cup of Nations, and um, you've got to find a way to utilize your squad to its fullest potential and. Mm. You know, it's, just, it's an interesting month. I don't think, I think, well, I mean, you can say it matters who you play, but then you could have, you could have, say, a Newcastle, Norwich and Burnley and get no points and suddenly you, you've mm. not got, it's one of them. It's all about preparation and everything that you've got works. Maybe yeah. that's why Leicester will start to come good more consistently because their squad depth will tell. We'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see. Well, I've just had a look at the table. And I've I've yeah. been sat down and I've been working a few things out with 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 with, with pen and paper. And yeah. I, I this is what this is. <laughs> I haven't been on the internet at all, guys. And I'm not looking. I'm looking over at my at my bit of paper. Not at the no. I got it on the UEFA website, guys. <laughs> not that you ever doubted it. Um, Leicester can still finish top. That's the main thing. That's the good news. Leicester can finish top, guys. Um, right. So Napoli are hosting Leicester. Legia Warsaw are hosting Spartak Moscow. So oh. Leicester will finish first if they win or Not if both same, games yeah. are drawn. Right. Leicester will finish second if they lose and the other game is drawn. Leicester cannot finish below third. Yes. So Spartak will finish first if they win and Leicester do, and Leicester do not. Yeah. Spartak will finish second if both they and Leicester win or if both games are drawn. Spartak will finish third if they draw and Napoli win or if they or if both they and Napoli lose. I hope you make I hope you're noting this. I'm going to ask you questions after. Uh, <laughs> Napoli will finish first if they win and Spartak do not. Napoli will finish second if both they and Spartak win. Napoli will finish third if both games are drawn. Or if they lose and Leisure do not, Legia do not win. Legia also will finish second if they win. Legia will finish fourth if they do not win. So, 
Question. No, I'm only joking. There is so much. I mean, from a neutral's yeah. point of view, if you if you just love watching football, and and it reminds me very much of that the the Germany Portugal France World Cup group. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember who the fourth team was in there. That was uh, it Switzerland. Oh, Hungary, no, that's Hungary. it. That's it. Hungary. Who uh, and it, you know, anybody could. Well, on that last day, I think everybody took a turn at being top yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the last game in the group. So it, we need a win, a win, and you know, if we win, we, we're top. We're through. We don't have to to, to qualify. Um, or if we draw, yeah, no, mate, the game that, drawn as that well. That would be a change, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Because you just imagine we're going to beat Villa on weekend and then go to Naples and win there and then all of a sudden Leicester are through and Brendan's got himself further than he's ever got in Europe. Well no he won't he'll be equal further won't oh, oh, no, it's Yeah I think he, he skips that round. The thing is um Spartak Moscow have only drawn one game. Legio Warsaw haven't drawn any at all so a draw is unlikely with that one. Um, yeah secure draw come on yeah um if oh, I'm not going through the if we win we're through. That's all that matters. We've got to go and win. Yeah, that is true. It's all right. Tottenham are winning their game. Oh, never mind. I don't know who they're playing. Oh, I've just scrolled it off the screen. Oh, I can't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, Brad, thank you so much, young man. As always, great. And as always, your tactical bit was absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for doing that, no, as always. And I will see you tomorrow night um i can just say by the way before before i go um to the watford fan uh the 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 second half was actually delayed by 10 minutes to lots of five minutes because there was a watford fan that was um, taken over yeah taken off and he's gone to hospital and apparently he's fine uh it was nice to see when he was actually finally carried down down the entrance to the uh, to the concourse, which was on the far side to the dugouts, you know, all the Leicester fans applauded as well. So that was that was nice to see. That's good, then. So, that's good. Yeah, but the one up against Brentford. Sorry, just Brentford. To... No, that's it. But anyway, see you tomorrow at, set at nine, Brad. Yeah, I will see you tomorrow at nine, mate. And I've uh, I've got eleven points this week on my predictions. I'm going to have to whatever I go for tomorrow. I'm going to have to stick with. Well, I haven't checked mine. I think I've done all right. I don't think I'm. I think worse. you got you had eight when I checked, mate. No, I'm not doing too bad. That's not too bad. Eight. I'd, I'd take eight on a normal week. Um, yeah, I got two, I got two spot on. That was it. Oh, right, nice. Thanks very much, mate. See you tomorrow at nine. See you tomorrow. See you, everybody. Thanks, guys. So, Brad, great as always, and um, we don't we don't always agree, but um, we we do we do do it nicely. Um, Seven o'clock tomorrow. I'm back with Craig for the Aston Villa preview. Yes, indeed. So we'll see you then. Thanks for joining in. Thanks to everybody that um, that uh, that joins in the chat, David. Um, thanks for all you do, Chris. Brad, I really enjoy these Leicester streams even when I'm steaming off a bad performance. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, David. Hey, you remember me at the start? I was streaming. I was going off. I was having my angry rant. Rennie, Brookline, um, thanks very much for joining us as always. Uh, David, like I say, Dorco, thanks for popping on. Crom, thank you as well, young man. 
And anybody else, Anthony, we didn't get a chance to look talk to you about your question about Arsenal and Man United. I do apologise. And David Gamble as well. Thank you very much. Like I say, thanks very much for everything. Don't forget, um, thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks to everybody for listening as well. The podcasts are amazing. These shows go up live on the pod. Well, not live, but they go up on the podcast about 10 minutes after I finish them. Gives me a chance to download them. So if you want to listen back to it on your main podcast provider, we will see you tomorrow at 7. Good night. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Thank you for watching. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester. Come on, you foxes! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.